It is time. Pour that wine so you are feeling fine. Kick up your feet and take a seat. Fancy a blather? Let's have one together. Hello, 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 and welcome or welcome back to Fancy a Blather podcast. I am your host, Kirsty Taylor, and this week I am riding solo. What's that song? Run solo, run solo, run solo. I don't know the rest of the words, and that's actually probably not the right tune. And I'm sorry if I just destroyed your ears because I am a little bit tone deaf. I'm sorry to say. Um, so this week I thought why not do something a little bit different? I have wondered for years and years where the heck Halloween actually comes from. Um, Today is of course the 1st of November, you may be listening to this later on in November, Um, so I hope you all had a spooky and fun Halloween. I know it wasn't um, the usual thing. I'm not going to lie to you, I've never been a big Halloween gal myself, Um, please don't come for me, it's just not not my thing really. Um, we never really did it as a family and I just always find it very commercial and um, I don't really celebrate it but this year the only thing I did well yesterday I didn't do anything on the day of Halloween the only thing I did do was a few days ago I thought oh I'm in the mood for a Halloween film we haven't watched one forever see if I can find one on Netflix I made the rookie error and the biggest mistake of all time to um to watch Hubie's Halloween on Netflix or something like that. And I can tell you with my hands on my heart that that was downright the worst film I've ever watched in my entire life. And I was so optimistic. My real optimism came out and I just couldn't give up on it. So I watched the whole thing and it just got worse and worse as it went on. And I have to say, Adam Sandler, is a hit or miss guy and this was such a miss um I really really don't recommend that you watch that film it was so so bad I actually I can't believe I wasted about two hours of my life to watching that it's really quite soul destroying anyway on to bigger and better things so before we hop into where the heck Halloween comes from thought we would start off with our usual small wonder of the week so um this week I've been really enjoying sunrises and you might be thinking, Kirsty, sunrises, what are you doing a week at the time of a sunrise? And you're not wrong. I, What am I doing a week at the time of a sunrise? Well, ladies, not ladies, and um, well, everyone that's listening, um, I have a job to go to now. I've, I've, I'm currently um, placed in a school, I'm a student teacher and I need a nice early start to get to my school on time. So it's a nice 6 a.m. wake up call for me at the moment. Sometimes 5.30 because I'm trying to work in some yoga and I like a nice slow, slow morning. You'll probably all think I sound insane. To be, to be fair, I'm in bed by about 9 p.m. at the moment because I can't handle it because I'm so tired. So that is what is going on at the moment. But when I drive to work, obviously when I'm parked or um, when I'm at a red light, or if it's right in front of me I do drive safely I am I see the most stunning sunrises and part of my drive you can actually see them over the water and I just wish for the life of me that I could just not be in my car going to work and could be walking down onto the beach to watch the sunrise over the water but autumn has been bringing these sunrises and I'm very very impressed and Aberdeen 
hats off to you. So that is my small wonder. So I've become a sunrise person. Who knew? Who knew that would ever happen? So yeah. So what am I engaging with this week? This is a hard one because honestly, I've been pretty slammed. Um, I have been trying to learn more, funnily enough, about the Titanic because that's what my class are learning about. Um, but I've not really been engaging with much other than lesson plans and stuff yet. So I don't really want to use that as my thing yet. I do want to learn more about the Titanic, like um, where people that are never really discussed um, in the Titanic. But I haven't really been engaging with much. I did engage with that terrible film, Hubie's Halloween and Regretted Every Second. Um, I have started watching Desperate Housewives again. I find it on Amazon and I'm hooked. Amazon Prime and I have boycotted Amazon kind of, but my mum pays for Amazon Prime, so I might as well use it if it's on my TV. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I haven't really been engaging with much. I'm trying to see if there's any podcasts that I've been listening to that are near anything. I did start listening to a French podcast once on the way home from work, but it just really wasn't the mood. Oh, I have started listening to the Michelle Obama podcast. So I guess I'm engaging with that. And I really, really love that. Getting really into it. And I do need to listen. I do have her book on audiobooks, but on Audible, sorry, but I haven't actually listened all the way through so I guess that's a couple of different things going on that I'm engaging with give you a little rundown and um, yeah so now let's kick off into our poem of the week so I found this week's poem of the week on poetry foundation and I will link the exact poem where you can find it in the um show notes and I will see if I can find the author on social media or something so that you can check them out too um, yeah, and that way you can check out the website Poetry Foundation as well. So this is a poem called To the Dead in the Graveyard Underneath My Window by Adelaide Crapsey. Um, okay. To the get dead in the graveyard underneath my window. Written in a moment of, of, of exasperation. How can you lie so still? All day I watch and never a blade of all the greens of the all the green sod moves to show where restlessly you toss and turn and fling a desperate arm or draw up knees stiffened and aching from their long disuse. I watch all night and not one ghost comes forth to take its freedom of the night midnight hour. Oh, have you no rebellion in your bones? The very worms must scorn you where you where you lie, a a pal, pallid mouldering aquestient folk. Meek habitants of unresented unresented graves. Why are you there in your straight row on row where I must ever see you from my bed that in your mere dumb presence iterate the text so weary in my ears? Lie still and rest. Be patient and lie still and rest. I'll not be patient. I will not lie still. There is a brown road runs between the pines and further on the purple woodlands lie and still beyond blue mountains lift and loom. And I walk and I would walk the road, and I would be deep in the wooded shade, and I would reach the windy mountain tops that touch the clouds. My eyes may follow, but my feet are held. Recumbent as you, as you others, must I too submit? Be mimic of your movelessness with pillow and counterplane for stone and sod? And if the many sayings of the wise teach of submission, I will not submit, but with a spirit all unrecoiled, consul. Concealed, flash an unquenched defiance to the stars. 
better it is to walk, to run, to dance, better it is it is to laugh and leap and sing, to know the open skies of dawn and night, to move untrammeled down and the flaming noon, and I will clamour it through weary days, keeping the edge of desperation sharp. Nor with the pliant speaking on my lips of resignation, sister to defeat, I'll not be patient. I will not lie still. And in an ironic quietude, who is the despot of our days and lord of dust needs but scarce heeding wait to drop grim casual comment on rebellion's end yes yes willful and petulant but now as dead and quiet as the others are and this each body and ghost of you hath heard that in your graves do therefore lie so still so yeah that was to the dead in the graveyard under my underneath my window by Adelaide Crapsey which I will have linked in the show notes fabulous so now we're going to go into our positive news story of the week before I jump into what on earth Halloween is all about and where the heck did it come from so our positive news story for this week is from positive.news one of my favorite places to check out the news and it is about the cold water swimmers offer hope for dementia treatments it's a curious pastime that has been mooted as a potential treatment for depression now researchers reckon cold water swimming could also slow dementia Scientists at the University of Cambridge studied winter bathers at London's unheated Parliament Hill Lido and found that when they took the plunge in icy water, their bodies produced a protein dubbed RBM3 that is believed to delay dementia. Cold water swimming is not for everyone and can be dangerous to people with certain health conditions. The challenge for researchers then is to create a drug that stimulates the production of RBM3 and to prove that it does indeed slow dementia. So there we go. Cold water swimmers and they have helped to find help, offered hope for dementia treatment. That is wonderful. I love a good cold water swim and I can't wait to get back in the water. It's a little bit too stormy today, unfortunately, but hopefully another day. So yeah, so now we're going to kick straight into what the heck Halloween is all about. Hi all, just Kirsty hopping, popping, whatever you want to say in for our weekly charity spot of the week even um so this is a local charity so local that it's Aberdeen based and that's right we're going truly local um so the charity of this week is called we too and you can find them at we too.org.uk so we too is a parent driven organization based in Aberdeen city and covering the nurse northeast of Scotland to empower families of children with disabilities um epic they are a wonderful charity that were founded in the summer of 2015 sorry by a local parent who was frustrated with the fragmentation of information Aberdeen City and the Shire when looking for activities for her disabled son so they came up with the idea to produce a free quarterly what's on guide for her community and it has just grown and grown from there so if you want to learn more about we too you can check out their website we2.org.uk or you can connect with them at we underscore two underscore Aberdeen and two as in double O and of course on their website you can find out how to donate you can find out all about their magazine you can contact them if you're interested in getting involved and yeah that's about the half of it so again it is we2.org.uk thank you I hope you enjoy the rest of this week's episode bye 
So for years we've just celebrated Halloween and we've never really spoke about where on earth does it come from? Something I've always, always wondered. How did it begin? What's the deal? What's it all about? So um, Halloween is a holiday obviously celebrated on October the 31st every year and um, this year it happened to fall on a Saturday. So there's a couple of different theories about where the ancient origins of Halloween comes from. So like, where does Halloween come from? So some people believe that it comes from the Celtic festival of, I'm probably gonna butcher this name, apologies, of Samhain, um, which is when people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. And then in the eighth century, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st, which is obviously the day after Halloween, as a time to honour all saints. So soon All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of Samhain. So the evening before was known as All Hallows Eve and later became known as Halloween. Um, over time, Halloween evolved into a day of activities that we see today, like trick-or-treating, carving jack-o'-lanterns, festive gatherings, donning costumes and eating treats. So um, a little bit more about Samhain. So obviously the Celts, for people who don't know, um, lived in Ireland and there are also some Celts um, in Scotland. Um, so Samhain marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. So on October 31st, they celebrated Samhain, um, which believed that the ghosts of death returned to earth on this day. In addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, Celts thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier for the Druids or Celtic priests to make predictions about the future. For a people entirely dependent on the volatile nat natural world, these prophecies were an important source of comfort during the long dark winter. To commemorate the event, Druids built huge sac sacred bonfires where the people gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the, Celts, the Celtic deities. During the celebration, the Celts wore costumes typically consisting of animals' heads and skins and attempted to tell each other's fortunes. When the celebration was over, they relit their, their hearth fires, which they'd extinguished earlier this, that evening, from the sacred bonfire to help protect them during the coming winter. So it was more of a, um, a spiritual festival, I feel like, than it is nowadays. So um, now the Roman Empire got involved, which changed Halloween a little bit. So in 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of Celtic territory. So over 400 years, for for 400 years the romans <clears throat> um ruled the celtic lands and they combined the festival of samhain with more um roman traditions so the first was feralia a day in late october when the romans traditionally com commemorated the passing of the dead the second was a day to honor pomona the Roman goddess of fruits and trees. The symbol of Pomona is the apple and the, and the, and the incorporation of the celebration Samhain probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples that's practiced today in Halloween. So bobbing for apples came from the Romans. Um, so All Saints Day is, I believe, the day 
after Halloween. Um, it's November 1st. And All Saints Day, interestingly enough, um, I was learning this to, in my in my placement this week, is still celebrated by the French. So is I believe it is called, and apologies for any mispronunciation, La Toussaint. And um, All Saints Day is a little bit different because it's celebrated on November 1st. And um, the French don't celebrate Halloween because they think it's quite commercial. And All Saints Day is a Catholic festival, I'm pretty sure. And um, they don't really, I'm not sure if they dress up. They have parades and things like that. But they it's kind of a day to celebrate the dead. And it also marks the start of the holidays for French children. So they quite enjoy it's a sign they're about to be on holiday. So, But I don't think they take part in they don't trick or treat or anything like that so a little bit more about all saints day so it was pope boniface oh i don't know roman the fourth dedicated the pantheonian in rome in honor of all christian martyrs and the catholic feast of all martyrs day was established in the western church pope gregory the third later expanded the festival to include all saints as well as all martyrs and moved to observance from may the 13th to november the first so that's what it is today in France. La Toussaint is on November 1st. So by the 9th century, the influence of Christianity had spread into Celtic lands where it gradually blended with and supplanted older Celtic rites. In 1000 AD, the church made November 2nd, also All Souls Day, a day to honour the dead. It's widely believed today that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic Festival of the Dead with a related church-sanctioned holiday, so they wanted to take over Halloween and make it religious. So All Souls Day was celebrated similarly to Samhain, with big bonfires, parades, and dressing up in costumes as saints, angels, and and devils. The All Saints Day celebration was also called All Hallows or All Hallow Mass from Middle English all Holloway Mess, meaning All Saints Day. And the night before it, the traditional night of Samhain, Samhain in the Celtic region began to be called All Hallows Eve, which eventually became what we know it today as Halloween. So how did Halloween get to America? You might be wondering. I mean, I don't know how much I'm wondering that, but why not look it up anyway? I'm going to say it probably had something to do with colonialism because that's how most things got to America, unfortunately. So the celebration of Halloween was extremely limited in colonial New England because of the religious Protestant belief systems there. So Halloween was, yeah, that makes sense. Halloween was much more common in Maryland, 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 and the Southern colonies as the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups and the American Indians meshed a distinctly I mean, American indigenous people, I guess. A distinctly American version of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations included play parties, which were public events held to celebrate the harvest. Neighbours would share stories of the dead, tell each other's fortunes, dance and sing. Colonial Halloween festivities also feature the telling of ghost stories and mischief making of all kinds. By the middle of the 19th century, annual autumn autumnal festivities were common but Halloween was not yet celebrated everywhere in the country. The second half of the 19th century America was flooded with new immigrants. These new immigrants especially the millions of Irish fleeing from the also famous Irish potato famine helped to popularize the celebration of Halloween nationally. 
trusting. So here is the history of trick-or-treating. Interestingly enough, trick-or-treating is um, is not really a term used in Britain, or I don't know about England, but um, in Scotland, it's it's actually guising is what our parents did growing up. And guising means like to be in disguise. And typically when you guise, you um, perform something like a song or tell a joke or something. You don't just go to the door and um, expect something in return just for just for showing up dressed up. You normally have to do something. And um, the lanterns were normally made out of term- turnips um, because pumpkins are not really common in this part of the world really so turnips were actually your go-to lanterns which I can imagine are a lot harder to carve than pumpkins and um yeah you typically were rewarded with cakes fruit and I believe sometimes with money so there you are um so that is what guising is So where did trick-or-treating come from? So borrowing from European traditions, Americans began to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money. So basically they took guising and changed it to trick-or-treating. Young women believed that on on Halloween they could divine the name or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn, apple peelings or mirrors. What? That's weird. Why would you do that? Wow. (laughs) Okay. In the late 1800s, there was a move in America to mold Halloween into a holiday, more about community and neighbourly get-togethers than about ghost pranks and witchcraft, because I guess it was turning a little bit sour. At the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the day. Parties focused on games, food, of foods of the season and festive costumes. Parents were encouraged by newspapers and community leaders to take anything frightening or grotesque out of Halloween celebrations. Because of these efforts, Halloween lost most of its superstitious and religious overtones by the beginning of the 20th century. So that's why it became more of a um, like atheist holiday, I guess, and more of a pagan tradition, really. It wasn't really that religious to begin with, originally, when it was just the Celtic festival. Um, so by the 1920s and 1930s, Halloween had become a secular but community-centered holiday with parades and town-wide Halloween parties at the featured as they as the featured entertainment. Despite the best efforts of many schools and communities, vandalism began to plague some celebrations in many communities during this time. By the 1950s, town leaders town leaders had successfully limited limited vandalism. And Halloween had evolved into a holiday directed mainly at the young. Due to the high numbers of young children during, of course, the baby boom, parties moved from town civic centres into the classroom or home where they could be more easily accommodated. Between 1920 and 1950, the centuries-old practice of trick-or-treating was also revived. Trick-or-treating was a relatively inexpensive way for an entire community to share the Halloween celebration. In theory, families could also prevent tricks being played on them by providing the neighbourhood children with small treats. It's kind of like blackmail, isn't it? When you think about it, that's kind of messed up personally. Thus, a new American tradition was born and has continued to grow. Today, Americans spend an estimated $6 billion. What the? $6 billion? What the actual heck? Annually on Halloween. 
making it the second largest commercial holiday. Well, the French are not wrong about it being commercial. Six billion dollars on Halloween. That's insane. That's actually like, oh, that's hurt my soul a little bit. But that is interesting. So it obviously comes from... Um, inter- oh, so here's a little bit about more um, lesser-known rituals. Um, so what about Halloween traditions and beliefs that today's trick-or-treaters have forgotten all about? Many of these obsolete rituals focused on the future instead of the past and living and the living instead of the dead. In particular, many had to do with helping young women identify their future husbands and reassuring them that they would someday, with luck, by next Halloween be married. Who knew Halloween had stuff to do with finding women a husband? That's crazy. In 18th century Ireland, a matchmaking cook might bury a ring in her mashed potatoes on Halloween night, hoping to bring true love to the diner who found it. What if you choke the person? You're going to notice a ring in your mashed potatoes. That's crazy. In Scotland, fortune tellers, of course, recommended that an illegible young woman name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into the fireplace. The nuts that burned to ashes rather than popping or exploding, the story went, represented the girl's future husband. What? In some versions of this legend, the opposite was true. The nut that burned away symbolised a love that would not last. That's so crazy. What the heck? Another tale had it that if a young woman ate a sugary concoction made out of walnuts, hazelnuts and nutmeg before bed on Halloween night, she would dream about her future husband. And she'll also have a sugar rush. Young women tossed apple peels over their shoulders. Who peels an apple? That's weird. Hoping that the peels would fall on the floor in the shape of their future husband's initials. What? It's going to throw it and I'll be like, oh, BJ or something. That's a bad example. No, no, no. I don't want that to be my husband. Um, C. I'm trying to think of someone who I don't know. Um, C. C. D. (laughs) And I'll be like, wow, that's your future husband's initials. Try to learn about their futures by appearing at egg yolks floating in a bowl of water and stood in front of mirrors in darkened rooms, holding candles and looking over their shoulders for their husbands' faces. Let's be real, they really just needed a telly at this point, obviously. Other rituals were more competitive. That's more up my alley. Some Halloweens, the first guest to find a burr on a chestnut hunt would be the first to marry. Oh. I bet that was carnage. Uh, others, the first successful apple bobber. I think I did that once when I was a kid. Be the first to walk down the aisle. Well, that wasn't very successful, was it? Of course, whether we were asking for romantic advice or trying to avoid seven years of bad luck, each one of these Halloween super- superstitions relies on the goodwill of the very same spirits whose presence the early Celts felt so keenly. So it's actually come from a Celtic tradition originally all to do with the seasons. Isn't that interesting? Because I always wondered, where did it all begin? But that is interesting to know that it did begin from uh, from the Celts. Oh, here is some Scottish Halloween traditions for you. That if you didn't do them this year, you can try them next year. Let's be real, it's probably going to be a pretty inside your 
again. So as I already said, the neat lantern. So you could should carve your um, your turnip instead of your pumpkin this year, next year, and see. Also, let's see how much more. I bet that's way harder to do. But it's not traditional, is it? And you're supposed to do it to scare off ghouls. Hmm. Apple Dukin. Is, um, which, as we know from earlier, is a Celtic tradition. Um, so everyone loves a good bit of apple dukin, really. As long as you don't have a kid with a wobbly tooth. because Well, I suppose that's how they lose their tooth, isn't it? And you normally ruin your hair. It's not a good time for all of us fringe ladies. Um, what's another one? Treacle scones. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the, um, the one that you play nowadays with I guess with a jam donut, where you know the one where you string you string up jam donuts and tie them up, and you've got to eat the whole donut without what is it without touching it or your face, etc. But they do it with scones and treacle, so you end up with black treacle all over your face. That's actually grim. I don't think I'd because <laughs> black treacle is so horrible. I'd rather get jam on, and sugar on my face than a black treacle. But you know. It's traditional, so maybe you'll do that at the next party. What's this other one? Nut burning. So that's like the tradition of trying to find your husband. So yeah, that's why to see whether you um whether you're gonna live happily or not. Apparently, this was a tradition also for recently engaged couples. Involved each person putting a nut in a fire. If the nuts burned quick quietly the union would be a happy one however if they hissed and crackled a turbulent future may lay ahead so what you do you just break up right there this isn't going to work for me guising as i said already so yeah scottish children traditionally donned costumes and pretended to be malicious spirits as they went guising around the local streets it was believed that by disguising themselves they would blend in with any wandering spirits and remain safe from harm after performing tricks or songs better to perform songs or jokes i used to walk around with a joke book i remember geysers were given gifts to help ward off the evil far cry from some of today's trick-or-treaters who get treats for simply showing up in costume i couldn't agree more kale pulling what tradition this hearty green vegetable is now a fashionable menu item but once upon a time kale stalks were used to predict your romantic future no way in rabbi burns poem halloween oh i should have read that for a poem of the week oh well people pull stalks from the ground after dark with their eyes closed the length and the shape of the stalk was said to represent your future lover's height and figure and the amount of soil around the roots re represented wealth we're really obsessed with our future lovers weren't we and uh in the good olden days that's crazy do you know what? i think we're gonna end this episode off because i think i've told you enough about halloween and if you want to learn any more do some researching but there's a little bit about halloween for you i think i'm gonna end off with another poem i know that's rather weird i'm gonna have two poems of the week this week because i want to read you rabbi burns halloween poem because i didn't know that rabbi burns had a poem called halloween because that's so fun so we're going to read that if i can find it here you go halloween continue one second. Halloween by Rabbi Burns. Upon that night when fairies light on Cassilis dones and dance, or o'er the lays in splendid blaze on sprightly coursers prance, 
or for clean the root is tain beneath the moon's pale beams. There up the cove to stray and rove among the rocks and streams to sport that night. Among the among the bonny winding banks where dun rins wimpling clear, where Brusant's ruled the martial ranks and shook his carrick spear, some merry friendly country folks to, together did convene to burn their nuts and poo their stalks and hud their Halloween fib like that night. The lassies' feet uncleanly neat, mere broad than when they're fine, their faces blithe through sweetly kind, kind. Hearts leal and warm and kin, the lads say trig we wooer babs will knotted on their garden. Some unclone blate and some wee gabs gar lassie lasses hearts gan startin whilst fast at night. Then first and foremost through the kale their stalks moan a be sought ounce. They steek their een and grap and wail for machans. Mucklin ands and strawns, poor Harold will fell after drift and wander through the bokeel and put for want o better shift. A runt was like a sotail, say boatin that night. Then stotter crooked gear darnane, they roar and cry a thurthern. The very wee things toddling rin, we stalks out o'er their shoulder. And gif their custock sweeter, sir, we jockless they taste them, sing cosily aboon the door, we canny care, they place them to lie that night, the lassies straw frame mang them eh, to pow their stalks of corn, but Rab slips out and jinks about behint the muckle thorn, he grippeth Nelly hard and fast, loud skirled ah the lassies, but her tap pickle maist was lost well when kilton in the fosses, we him that night. The old guide wives well heard it nits, are round and round divided, and mony lads and lassies' fates are there that night decided. Some kindle coothy side by side, and burn together trimly. Some start awa we saucy pride, and jump out o'er the chimney, for high that night. This is a long poem, sorry guys. <laughs> Jean slipping twa twa tet and dee. What was she wouldn't tell, but this is Jock and this is me, she says in to herself. He pleased over he pleased over her and she o'er him as they would never mere part till fluff fuff he started up the lum and Jean had e'en as sair heart to see that night. Poor Willie we his Bull kale runt was brunt we premis Mally, and Mally nae doubt took the drunt to be compared to Willie. Mal's nitlap oot we preder fling, and her ain't ain fit it brun it. While Willie lap and swore by jing twas just the way he wanted to be that night. Nell had the fuss hoose in her min, she pit herself and Robin. In loving bleeze they sweetly joined till white and as they sobbing. Nell's heart was dancing at the view, she'd whisper Rob to lick for Rob Stiles preed and her bonny moo for cosy in the neek for unseen that night. But Merrin sat behind their backs, her thoughts on Andrew Bell. She leases them, gashes at their cracks, and slips out by herself. She threw the yard the nearest tax and 
to the kiln goes then, and Darklands grab it for the box, and in the blue clue throws them. Right fierce the night. And I she wouldn't, and I she swat, I what she made nae junkin, till something held within the pack, good lord, but she, she was quaking. But whether it was the deal himself, or whether twas a bunkin, or whether it was Andrew Bell, she didn't wait on talking to Spire that night. Wee Jenny to her granny says, Will ye go wee me granny? I'll eat that apple at the glass I got for Uncle Johnny. She fluffed her pipe with a skia lunt, in wrath she was save rapping. She noticed not an easel brunt, her bra new worse open apron out through the night. Ye little scalpy limmer's face, I dare ye try sex sporting, as seek the fo- foul th- Thief on any place for him to spay your fortune. No doubt, but ye may get a sight great, great, cause ye hate to fear it. For money, Ian has got a fright and lived and died delirate on sick at night. I a hear, here's a forsher this remur. I minds as wheels gestern. I was a Gilpy then, I'm sure I wasn't past fifteen. The simmer had been called and what, and stuff was Uncle Green. And I a rantin' kind we got, and just on Halloween it fell that night. Our stibble rag was Rab McGreen, a clever, sturdy fellow. His son got Epi Sim Wee that lived in Achmacala. He get him seed, I mind it weel. And he made Uncle light o' it. But mony a day was by himself. He was say sairly frightened that very night. Then up got fetchy Jim Fleck, and he swore by his conscience that he could saw hemp seed a peck, for it was a bat a bat nonsense. The old good man wrought doon the pock and out a handfuck guided him. Sign bade him slip free mang the folk some time when nae ain seed him and tried that night. He marches through among the stacks through he was something sturtin. The grape he fit for a harrow tax and hurls it at his carpin. And every now and then he says him seed I saw thee and her that it is to be my last come after me and draw thee as fast this night. He whistled up Lord Lennox's march to keep his courage cheery. Although his hair began to arch, he'd say he was safe, fled and eerie. Till presently he hears a squeak and then a grain and gruntle. He by his shoulder gave a keek and tumbled wee a wintle out o'er the night. He roared a horrid murder shoot in dreadful desperation. A young and old came running out to hear the sad narration. He swore twas Hilch and Jean McCraw or Crouchy Merrin Humphrey till stop she trotted through them. And what was it but grumpy Esther that night? Meg Fain wad to the bar gin to win three wickets. O Nathan, but for the meat or for to meet the deal Harlene, she pat but little faith in she gies the herd a pickle nights a two red cheeked apples to watch while the barn she sits in hopes to see Tam Capples that very neck. She turns the key way canny throw and o'er the threshold ventures. 
but first on Sonny gives a car sign badly in she enters. A rattan rattled up to the wall and she cried, Lord preserver, and ran through middenhole and all and prayed with zeal and favour for fast that night. They hook out will we say advice they hecked him some fine bra in. It chanced the stackied phantom thrice was timmer prop for thawing. He takes a swirly old moss oak for some black gruesome carlin, and Luta wince and drew a stroke till skin in blipes cam harlan ass knees that night. <sighs> a wanton widow li- Lizzie was as canty as a kitlin, but och that night amongst the shaws she got a fearful setting. She threw the winds and by the cairn and o'er the hill gave skeven. Where three lairds lands met at burn to dip her left sark sleeve in was bent that night. Whiles o'er a lin that burny plays as through the glen it whippling. Whiles round a rock skirt strays whiles in a wheel in dimpling whiles glittered to the nightly rays would we bickering dance and dazzle whiles cooking underneath the braise below the spread and hazel unseen that night. Sorry, guys, folks, one and all. I'm just going to take a quick water break here. Didn't know Rabbi Burns wrote such a long poem about Halloween. Uh, I must also point out that my Scots is rather, rather rusty at the moment. So please enjoy these last three um, verses. And hopefully I don't butcher my Scots too much and put my family to shame and uh, maybe you can hear my accent more than normal when I'm doing this um yeah enjoy the last three verses <laughs> among among the brackens on the bray between her and the moon the deal or else an outlay outler quay get up and gay a croon poor lady's heart may slap the hool near lavrock height she jump it but missed a fit and in the pool out o'er the lung she lug she plump it we a plunge that night. In order on the cleaner stain, the luggies three are ra- ranged, and every time great care is ta'en to see the duly challenged. Old Uncle John, wa wedlock locks, jo- wa wedlock joys, sin Marsh Mars year did desire, because he got that tomb dish thrice, he heaved them on the fire in wrath that night. We merry sangs and friendly cracks, I wot they didn't wear weary. And uncle tales and funny jokes, their sports were cheap and cheery. Till buttered songs we fragrant lunt, set ah their gabs a steering. Sign we a social glass o' strunt, they parted aft careering for blithe that night. So yeah, that was a bit of breath. That was um, Halloween by Rabbi Burns, the legend that is. Um, you can uh, find that in the show notes. It's in a uh, good old Scots, obviously. If you don't understand Scots, then I don't ken what you want me to do. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just hanging you on, just hanging you on. Um, you can probably just Google the translation of a. Uh, Halloween by Robert Burns, if you don't understand Scots. Scots by good old Rabbi. So um yeah, that was Halloween by Rabbi Burns. Um what a cracker of a poem, what a long aim that was. 
so thank you so much for listening this week i hope you've enjoyed learning what the heck halloween is all about um sorry <laughs> i just i'm in the scots mindset now all about um yeah thank you so much for listening this week and remember to stay tuned for a new episode with me next week next week i will be talking all about our book club of the month which was half a world away by mike gale so don't don't forget to tune in next weekend to listen to that Uh, thank you so much have a great week bye